used to want it and get this with my dad. They don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Either way. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and... Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. Correct the mundo. And that's what we're going to be. We're going to be cool. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. So we're trying out different music for our opening theme for the show. And um, I like this one. It's our story. A couple of humble boys. Not a penny to our names. Jobless, hopeless, heartless, dickless. Anyway, live from Studio C. A dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. It's you and me, baby. There ain't nothing wrong with it. So, we're the tutelage of our general manager. International diplomacy. Yeah. So, uh... I like this song, but it might have too many words to be our opening theme. Yeah. Well sung, though. See, kids, TV shows back in the old days had a theme song at the beginning. Why? They had a theme, so you'd understand what the plot is and who the characters are. Sometimes the theme was just spelling out for you once again what's going on here. Here's a couple of people who live in Milwaukee who are roommates who are trying to get through life. Wouldn't the, wouldn't the audience know that from the previous four seasons they binge-watched the previous week? It never right. hurts to... Oh, my, Sean. Oh, my. I will say I missed the theme song in that it always... It, it, it did something like subliminal or something to your brain. Like when I watched... I binge-watched The Sopranos when I first met my wife. She'd never seen an episode of The Sopranos, and we did all every season. That's crazy. We laid there in bed, and we watched every season. Over over several weeks, but we continue to watch the theme song just because it just gets you in the mood. Yes, I never watched an episode of The Sopranos without listening to the theme song. Yeah, it got you in the mood. It got you ready to go. Yeah, it was one of the all time greats. Theme songs have that ought to be our new theme song. Of course, we'd you know end up with lawyer problems, (laughs) but we had a good theme song. Yeah. uh, Anyways, well, yeah. Well, someday we'll tell the story, the stupid, 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 stupid story. And maybe we'll invite in the person that started the problem. Yeah. And talk to them. About just keeping your effing mouth shut. (laughs) When something doesn't concern you in the least. (laughs) We we could have that discussion. Ah, boy. I'm sorry. I'm a little agitated. I'm I'm a Christian man. I'm a Christian man. I didn't use such language like that, folks. I I apologize. Uh, So North Korea may be pulling out. We'll be talking about that. Um, Now back to Pizzagate. <laughs> Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michael Angelo. <laughs> Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi, this morning, Michael. Uh, pretty good. I had three goals, and I, you know, I, I, on Monday, actually, it was Sunday night. I said it to myself, "Okay, I'm going to start eating right. I'm going to go to the gym, and I'm going to uh, get to bed early." And so far, it's Wednesday, and I've driven past the gym twice. Mm. I've uh, stopped at a fast food restaurant, and um, yeah, I haven't gotten good sleep. Yeah, so. I hear you, Michael. I, I got the elliptical machine into the house. I cleared out an area. I got it set up. We got it plugged in. It's all ready to go. That was Friday, 
And uh, I've, I've yet to actually get on it and exercise. Every night it seems like, you know what? This day, this is not the day. Yeah, too much day. All right. <laughs> this is not the day. On the other hand, I took out the trash this morning and I tried to jog back to my car. And, That's a... And it's probably, well, I measured it the other day. It's like 50 yards or something. And uh, yeah. There's Boy, your, your heart must look like the Grinch's pre-growing three sizes. Exactly. Of course, yeah. Exactly. There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, just a bit of forewarning to those uh, who pay attention to weather reports and such throughout the year. Uh, there, the annual Hurricane Genesis and Outlook Project predicts that there will be 11 to 18 named tropical storms this year. Uh, and I would just like to take this moment to say we need to rethink the way that we name storms. I don't think naming them after grandparents is necessarily giving people the right message of this is something to be afraid of and you need to, to evacuate the area. I vote that we name them after 80s wrestling superstars. Wow. So we got like Hurricane Snooka. We got Hurricane Tugboat. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Huh? I, I, those names aren't yeah. very scary. Oh, th- you <laughs> oh, haven't th- no. fought Tugboat. What? He what? would sit on your chest. Oh. He was this big. Oh my goodness! What year? Tell me out of the harbor. <laughs> so when I was a kid, when I was a kid, the uh, storms are all named after women. Then at some point, they just somebody sexist. Why is it always women? Even though I, if it I don't had, know. Even though if it had always been men, somebody would have said that's sexist. You Why need is to it all women. never women? <laughs> exactly. And whatever. Uh, there's Marshall. Boy, Phillips. you know that uh, we need to go back to 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 those days and figure out who it was that first made that an issue, and give them some sort of lifetime achievement for feigned offense, <laughs> right? You know, feigned outrage, things that couldn't possibly matter to anyone. Uh, there's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. Are you, Marshall? I'm disappointed. Disappointed. I positioned myself outside yesterday in my lawn chair, sunscreen liberally applied. Sipping my Chardonnay binoculars at the ready, waiting for the asteroid live at five, and saw nothing. Oh, no. Oh, no. I am told by others, though, it was a close call we all needed to be aware of. The asteroid, big as the Statue of Liberty, cruised past Earth at about half the distance to the moon. Space agency tracking video shows a dark speck about the size of a grease ant moving across the sky. A grease ant? What's a grease ant? Is that what? a racial epithet? <laughs> you guys have never had... You can say that on the air. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys, <laughs> you guys have never had a grease ant attack in your house? Well, little well, tiny, no, little I call tiny the cops. No, little tiny ants that swarm all okay. over your kitchen. I've okay. never heard that term. But, Take your word okay. for it. Uh, right. Size of a grease ant. No yeah. fire, no fury, just a dark speck. Um, grease yeah. grease huh. ants and sweat bees. Yeah. I was out in the afternoon on a bike ride with my Dandruff kids. Dandruff beaver. <laughs> <laughs> when I thought of the uh, asteroid and I thought I should figure out where it is. In case, and I thought, nah. Ah, I just forgot about it. They still haven't forgiven me for the supermoon. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to have enough. I didn't want to repeat that episode. Exactly. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Wednesday, May 16th. 16th, not 16th. 16th, the year 2018. We're keeping you straight in 218. We're Armstrong and getting we approve of this program. Let's begin stomping on the grease ants of illogic. Precisely according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. Laurel. Laurel. 
right. Hey, so what is that? So right. this is a thing that kind of took over the internet yesterday. This is the audio version. Do you remember the, the dress controversy? What color is this dress that you see? And some people saw like gold and other people saw plaid or whatever. The, Blue the, the, or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stupid. So people are swearing that you either hear Yanni or Laurel from that audio clip. Okay, Nobody heard, hears Yanni. I heard this, Laurel. This is some sort of idiot internet prank. Okay. That some people will spend their whole day arguing over because it's a friendship bonding thing with their friends. And if you enjoy that, fine. Well, play it again. We're stomping on the grease ants of Laurel. logic. Hmm. All right, play it again. Laurel. Yanni. Yanni. <laughs> Yanni like the, music- like the musician Yanni? Laurel. That's Listen. weird. I swore I heard Yanni earlier. Now I'm hearing Laurel. But we do have some explanation. No, no as- you didn't. Yes, I do. <laughs> Here, so here's the same audio clip pitched down by 30%. Let me see if this changes what you guys hear. Yanni! Yanni. Yanni. Well, that's interesting. No, it's that's fake or something. Here's the same clip pitched up by 30%. Oops. Laurel. Laurel. So here is a professor explaining the differences. Oh, my God. It's most likely the original recording was Laurel. The interesting thing about the word Yanni is that this second frequency that our vocal track produces in Yanni follows almost the same path in terms of what it looks like spectrographically as Laurel. And so if you have a low quality recording, it's not surprising that some people would hear Yanni instead of Laurel. And so that seems to be the the big divide. If people are listening like on uh, desktop speakers, then you're one thing. If you're listening uh, on like a phone speaker, it's none of it is and so, real. And, so, since, and since I heard Laurel, should I take up arms against the Yanni people? I mean, who are we dividing into camps? Oh yeah, yeah. This is Capulets and Montagues, but modern day. Exactly. I will only I will only copulate with people who also hear Laurel. <laughs> if you waste, well, that's just sensible. If you waste a minute of your day <laughs> thinking about this, talking about this, I ask you to please either. Go down to the local soup kitchen and volunteer or start doing drugs because you live a vapid and wasteful mm. life. If more anybody than... else wastes another minute of my life on this, look for me coming up behind you in the parking lot. It's more useful than more Stormy Daniels information. Mm, barely. <laughs> what are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, North Korea is threatening a summit pullout. We've got the Hawaii volcano alert going from orange to red. Oh, as red as the very lava that threatens the Hawaiians. And are you a procrastinator? Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Getty. I didn't think that was going to be a K at the end. Yeah, I didn't know where that was You going. know, I really ought to pleasure myself, but maybe tomorrow. <laughs> How does mailbag look? Oh, it's fine. It (laughs) includes a fabulous uh, freedom-loving quote of the day from none other than Dwight D. Eisenhower. Uh, That's a good one. The ultimate commander of the Allied Forces. I'm not sure there's a grease ants worth a chance that the North Korea thing's going to happen now. I don't know. Stay stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience Of of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
last night for my three kids. My husband and I hear Laurel. My three kids heard Yanni. Is it dependent on age? Their kids swore that they heard Yanni. Huh. Can I hear it one more time real quick? No? Yes, you can. Note to the audience, you will not hear me, Joe Getty, participating in this idiot discussion on any level. Laurel. Laurel. At any time. So do you think that text is a prankster? I'm just trying to figure out what's going on here. That would be participating in the discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Joe refuses to participate. Hmm. Hmm. Mailbag. You ever watch the old Yanni and Hardy's comedy routines? Very funny. <laughs> Almost got me. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Our freedom-loving quote of the day from Dwight D. Eisenhower, often quoted as he left office saying, Beware the military-industrial complex. Uh, this is excellent warning from a professional soldier and one that I think we uh, ignore to our detriment. But here's a different one. Politics ought to be the part-time profession of every citizen who would protect the rights and privileges of free people and who would preserve what is good and fruitful in our national heritage. On the other hand, I'm sure if Dwight D. Eisenhower were with us today, he would say, good God, the federal government's gotten enormous and elaborate and involved in every facet of everything. How can you possibly keep track of it? I'd be more interested in what he thought of our military adventures. As he Mm, famously was against getting involved in any of these little brush fire wars around the world. Right. Right. But technology is different, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's no such thing as the other side of the world if they decide to, you know, fly planes into buildings or, or, you know, what have you. Um, On the other hand, you know, everything has a counter argument in life, virtually everything. Don't set your hair on fire. There's probably not a counter argument to that, but most things in life have a counter argument. And that would be, well, by the logic that every brush fire, conflict, or radical group could attack America, you would sap your empire. You would absolutely bankrupt it and have your best and brightest killed in corners of the globe that don't deserve it. So the great uh, balance continues. (laughs) Generally not in balance. Moving along, the idea of hobbies We've lost the idea of a hobby in America, something you do purely because you enjoy it. Without somebody saying, you should sell this on Etsy, or when's your band going to, like, tour? And just, I, no, what? what? That, would, that would ruin it. Uh, Andy writes, boys, it's easy to explain hobbies to folks who don't seem to get it. Say, this is my video game. People will immediately understand. That's a good point, Andy, and well said. Uh, KRLVG, keep real life video gaming. Andy in Sacramento. Huh. Let's see. Hobbies should just be fun, agrees Jashan. My hobby of sex became no fun not long after I decided to monetize it. <laughs> For years, it was just a hobby, something I was good at, and it was fun. People started sell- telling me I should sell it. I finally caved in and started selling it. Now my hobby has become a job. No more fun. I dread going into the office. I should have just left it as something I do in my free time. Learn from my mistakes. All right. I don't believe them. <laughs> Yanni, Yanni. Ah, uh, boy. How Big Brother does it from John in Hawaii. With the microchip implants. Number one, develop the chip track checking. Mm. You what know, is this is step one. <laughs> 
There are 13 steps. Oh, this could be a rough one. Oh, boy. I may need to be hospitalized by the end of this. We'll need one of those little chairs to lift them up the stairs. <laughs> oh, boy. One, <laughs> d- develop the chip tracking technique. Check. Two, miniaturize that tech. Check. Three, improve data capacity of chips to store greater and greater data. Check. Four, after lab testing uh, and field testing, uh, embedding using animals, uh, pet locating and ID chips. Which is almost worthless, I learned at one point. Yeah, it's well, it's not what it seems to be, as there are multiple companies, and you got to scan for each kind. Well, in, in your local, <laughs> your your local place that looks for lost dogs, probably just has one kind of wand. That, so, would, that would be sucky. Yeah. Uh, five expand chips to hold additional data, such as health files, etc. Check that was the story we were talking about earlier. You could uh, carry around your health files, your medical records, so that you know whatever you get knocked off your bike bike by some idiot driver the paramedics show up they can scan you and immediately know all right he's type b positive blood he's allergic to penicillin etc cetera, etc cetera, and treat you it seems like a great favorite idea. favorite books moby dick uh six begin human chip testing check number seven start promoting human chipping by exploiting missing children and seniors inability to communicate help i've fallen and i can't get up Eight, continue to improve chips. More detailed uh, medical, financial, social data in progress. Convince the public that chipping is easier and less likely to be stolen than, you know, their IDs, etc. In progress. Future, improve security protocols to make it impossible to hack, push new security, blah, blah, blah. In short, uh, finally, require by law everyone have an embedded chip in their hand. Uh, and this would be like a driver's license or some other licensing system. Non-compliance means you will not be able to buy or sell anything, get treated, or be able to pick up a prescription. Blah blah blah. So, where uh, Marshall had the story the other day that some group of people were voluntarily being chipped. Was that some country or an age group? I don't remember what the story was. It was some. It was a bunch of people in a city. I think they worked for a particular company. It got them in and out of the building. It was their their building ID. And I said, I can see how that'd be so damned handy if if I've got my. Key cob for getting in and out of a building. My key fob that starts my car. I've got my wave my credit card information with my hand to pay for everything everywhere I am. Right. That'd be pretty damn handy. I guess the uh, the only thing you got to be concerned about, and it's a serious concern, is the government putting up little monitoring places all over the place. You're not even aware they're there. Yeah. Tracking you all the time. I'll bet we Which hear... would happen. It's guaranteed to happen. Well, China has that social tracking system. They'll, they'll have everybody chipped within five, ten years. can practically guarantee it. I wonder how many Americans voluntarily over time, though, will, will start to say, yeah, I'll do it. A lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them. And there'd be a lot of advantages. Uh, from the founding papas to modern philosophers, they'll tell you most people do not want liberty. That's why it's so important to protect it. It's, it's a minority opinion. Um, but it's incredibly important. That's why it's written into the Constitution is you can't change it unless you amend the Constitution. A lot of those issues. The Bill of Rights isn't a law. It's the bedrock. And I hate to admit it, but Jack's right about modern day vehicles, writes John. I have just turned 36, worked in technology my entire career. I write software for a living 12 hours a day at a computer. And I absolutely hate all the electronics they keep stuffing into cars these days. You Luddites. You simpletons. So overnight, the North Korea summit may have broken down, fallen apart. Marshall will have that coming up in just a minute. Yeah, I have a source in North Korea I've been talking to, and I have some inside info. Fantastic. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
So a lot of you have asked, and I was wondering myself, what was that music Michelangelo played on the way to the commercial break? It was the theme from Chips. <laughs> as we were talking about people getting chips put in them. <laughs> Michael, you are a national treasure. And all the women on the text line hearkening back to the days when they had a shirtless Eric Estrada on their bedroom wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Feeling perhaps their first womanly yearnings. Yes, there you go. Oh, but more important, you may have heard the North Koreans are making noises about pulling out of the summit and threaten threats and the rest. I have a source deep within North Korea that's been informing me about. Let me. Oh no. Oh oh oh. This is unfortunate. Oh boy. Eaten by dogs. Mm. Your source was eaten by dogs? Yeah, Kim Jong-un fed my source to dogs. Well, His starving pack of greyhounds. That's going oh, to stop the flow of information. Yeah, that is unfortunate. <laughs> now let's get For to both the... of us, really. <laughs> let's get to the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, I'll tell you, North Korea is not happy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's no need to turn it personal. He said, I hear Laurel. Anybody who hears Yanni is crazy. Oh, boy. State media reporting North Korea may pull out of the Trump summit if the U.S. insists it gives up its nuclear program. Who predicted that on Monday? Who on this show predicted on Monday that the North Koreans were going to pull out? And they specifically mentioned John Bolton's interview. I watched John Bolton on uh, Face the Nation or whichever show he was on, and I thought, there's no way the North Koreans are going to agree to what he just said. And they specifically mentioned John Bolton uh, and what he said the other day. I thought, that's that's no starting position. (laughs) We want absolutely everything beyond anything you can imagine. And, and we're willing get, to back off that slightly. And if we if we get that for five years, maybe we'll give you something. Right. Yeah. That, that nobody's going to come to the table on that. Everybody tries to frame negotiations before you go in. You just want to kind of establish the starting points and what the goals are. And that's part of the negotiation. And maybe Bolton went too far. He we'll sounded see. very rigid. And, 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 well, I, he sounded like John Bolton. Yeah, he yes. does. Yeah, Bolton uh, saying, uh, <clears throat> saying, excuse me. The North's got to give up uh, their uh, nuclear weapons program like Libya did. Must do it right away. Oh, yeah. God, that's a bad example, John. Yes. I wouldn't give that example. You yes. see, once Muammar Gaddafi did give up his weapons, that made him vulnerable to overthrow, and he ended up riding a bayonet down the street. Uh-huh. Statement from the North comes after North Korea suddenly pulled out of a meeting with the South because they're mad about military exercises between the U.S. and South Korea, so they pulled out of that meeting today. The White House says from the U.S. perspective, though, the summit is still on and planning is continuing. Press Secretary Sarah Sanders addressed the issue this morning. The president is very used and ready for uh, tough negotiations. And if they want to meet, we'll be ready. And if they don't, that's okay, too. Yeah, dang it. Dang it, dang it. I hate to have this thing fall apart before it even gets going. But the spokesman... I like this. This is an exciting twist. I'm enjoying it. Now, what do you think about the military exercises, which I'm not sure how big a piece of that that is. That's what broke first in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it was later that an actual spokesman for North Korea came out and said John Bolton's demands over the weekend were too much for us. Um, the military exercises thing, I was thinking, do we need to do that? Do we need to do that now? Rand Paul came out and said, I think that's fairly provocative. How about we table that for a while in the midst of these negotiations? Doesn't mean we never do it again. Maybe I'm a sucker. I bought the White House's explanation was that they had talked to Kim Jong-un and said, listen, these are scheduled. We're going to go ahead with them. And he said, yeah, that's cool. I understand. Hmm. 
they're saying specifically approved it. I just think this is a this is the unofficial negotiations taking place. And as I tweeted last night, right. I think it's a super smart move by Kim. I think it's 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 some good rough and tumble uh, negotiating he's doing right here. Well, if- because he felt. Trump and Bolton trying to frame the negotiation in a way he wasn't comfortable with. If Bolton was uh, on orders from the president pegging the negotiation, man, he pegged it way down, way on down the road. I'll tell you that. Uh, well, he is Captain Hardass, which is not, which is fun. I've loved his stuff in the past at times, but there are times a hard ass is not what you need. Well, yeah, we, I, history will tell. And you got to read people and everything like that. But God, if I was walking into negotiation for our job or anything like right. that, and they start with. You get nothing, we get everything, and you're going to take it. Now shut up. Eh, that's, that's, what, that's what Bolton sounded like on Sunday. Yeah. The volcano warning level on the Big Island of Hawaii has been raised from orange to red. The upgrade means an eruption is believed to be imminent. It comes as a massive toxic ash cloud is growing in the sky, causing health officials to issue warnings for people to avoid excessive exposure. Especially people with breathing problems. Yeah, and all those poisonous gases they're letting yep. loose. They were, they were, uh, we were watching the news last night, watching the lava leaping about. And I said to Judy, we could get a screaming deal right now. Go to the Big Island, play some golf, that sort of thing. But then they started talking about all the sulfur dioxide coming right. out of the ground and how there's no running from that. It's just you're done. You can't just get a gas mask and play the back nine? Well, you probably could if it was a good one, but eh, it's not going to be much fun. Question is, are you a procrastinator? It turns out that procrastinating is a thing these days. The term means the practice of baking something completely unnecessary with the intention of avoiding real work. Some procrastinators like to take on long and slow recipes that break up the entire day so they can return to a little bit of real work in between steps in the recipes. My wife uh, stress bakes. And now my six-year-old does that, too. Really? Wow. When he's upset, he wants to make a cake or brownies or whatever. Huh. And he gets the cake pans and gets the mix out and starts mixing stuff up. I can't imagine what I'd weigh if uh, <laughs> that were a thing around my house. It's just interesting that that's a genetic, clearly a genetic thing. It, yeah, man, I would like to read a, a, a learned paper on that. It's so intriguing. It's so odd, but clearly it's real. Yeah, yeah, I've witnessed it. Yeah, um, but I, 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 it never crosses my mind if I've got a stressful day. You know what? It, you know, take the edge off is if I got all the ingredients together to make a cake. <laughs> Where are the pump, 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 cupcake tins, honey? Uh, no, that's that's so interesting. If food preparation, uh, right? Sustenance, and it's about what? What is it? And it's about the activity. It's not the food. It's not a comfort eating. I want this to eat. Because right. in both cases, my wife or my son, they almost never eat the stuff they bake. Oh, you know what? It doesn't get eaten. It sits around and goes old. Caitlin does that. It just occurred to me. My eldest. That's funny. She would she would be up late at night baking. And I was wondering what was going on. <laughs> I think it's like a focus task that you're forcing your mind to focus on that instead of yeah, the I, other stress. I guess because originally I thought that's weird. You know, obviously you just really want a cake or some brownies after a stressful day, and that's not it. Right. They don't mm. eat them. Wow. My yeah, son who, just completely who does, my son, he's, a, he's, a, he's a six-year-old boy and he just completely forgets about the cake or brownies after yeah. he's done with the project. That's well, that's proof. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jack Crest the baking. Then yes. I eat it. Yeah. You rescued many apple pies. <laughs> 
employers take I just it. think there's some kid in Ethiopia who does starving right now, so somehow it helps if I eat all these brownies. Oh, boy. In the NBA playoffs, the Warriors look to take a commanding two-zip lead in the Western Conference Finals tonight I'm against the I'm wearing my Golden State Warriors hat. Oh, oh it's over. I know. I, hey, Sean, you want to bet? I bet the Warriors lose the series now. Which I purchased <laughs> the year. pay you now, I guess. Which I purchased the year they won the most games in NBA history, then lost uh, the finals when they were up 3-1. Yes. I bought this hat then. Hmm. So it's got the mojo. The cooler. <laughs> as we used to call him, the cooler. He can take any team, any trend, any... He, the, hell, if Jack adopted a people on Earth, they would probably be wiped out in warfare. He is the cooler. Meanwhile, the shorthanded Celtics show no signs of slowing down in Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics took out the Cavaliers 107-94. They now lead that series two games to zip. Thank you for your proper pronunciation, as always, Marshall. It's a culture, not a costume. And at your news, I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Does Cleveland win a game? That's the question now. Yeah. I think they are demoralized. Yeah. Um, lots Turns of sh- out you need more than one player. <laughs> it does turn out that way. Um... So, there's a new wrinkle in the you getting to kill yourself at the end of your life laws, Mm. which is kind of interesting, making its way through the legislature of a major state. Also, I believe at the end of Robert Mueller's rainbow, there is going to be a big old scandal, but it's not going to be Trump and the Russians. And and I have not been pitching this idea. I am not one of those people. Um... But I think there are those, and you know their names within the intelligence community, who are going to be in serious, serious trouble. Are you going to tell us that next? Uh, I'd be delighted. I'm sure. We'll stay tuned for that. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. that 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 somebody leaked our best hacking tools computer hacking tools oh it was the right. worst breach in u.s history right of, all of uh, our very best hacking stuff and and then suddenly it was for sale on the dark web and yeah. yeah well they think they uh they got the guy the cia named a suspect in the hacking tools case uh, who who let that stuff out or got it or whatever, how that whole thing worked out. So we're going to talk uh-huh. to a reporter on that. But it was the worst breach of security and a really, really devastating one, apparently. I hope they're preparing the gallows as we speak. Also, we're going to talk about um, with changing uh, culture, lifespans, attitudes toward young people and old people. Uh, you're going to have a lot of millennials who are still living at home, perhaps then taking care of their elderly parents and not leaving for that reason. You might just stay there forever. Huh. Interesting. Which I could see happening. There are some cultures that do that. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Anyway. So, listen, uh, the whole Robert Mueller investigation situation. It's the anniversary is, of it, is it not? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we're a year in. It's so fraught with partisanship and uh, an opinion. Um, everybody comes in with their, their attitude baked in. Not everybody, but a lot of people. Uh, Hopefully, I'm, Mueller did not. Yeah, and, and, and my premise 
for the next couple of minutes kind of depends on some of you who think he's utterly corrupt and twisted and a friend of Comey's, blah, 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 that you need to be wrong or at least partially wrong for all this to be true. But I've noticed lately that John Brennan, the former head of the CIA, has been everywhere on all the news blasting Trump. He said, uh, he, I was going to bring that up. He said something over the top last week. I thought, holy cow, I can't believe anybody. Maybe some of this will. Who ran the CIA is being this partisan. Yeah. So I did a quick news search on John Brennan. And, you know, among the other headlines that popped up immediately, uh, Trump decision to move embassy to Jerusalem, disastrous and irresponsible. Uh, John Brennan, Kim Jong-un manipulated and duped Trump. Yeah. Um, that was just. Uh, a couple of days ago. Well, both of those were. Former CIA Chief John Brennan, Trump's madness is a danger to our world. I think it was world. I'd have to click on it to go. From the former CIA director. Uh, 14 hours ago, he said, North Korea pullout threat is Trump's fault. I mean, so this guy is obviously on the war path. I mean, and there are a bunch more, and they're all like savagely anti-Trump everything he does. So, you know either, and some of you believe this, Trump is just such a moron and an irresponsible idiot that finally John Brennan is calling him on absolutely everything he does as being terrible. Or Brennan is a a, a partisan, he's been picked or decided to appoint himself as the hatchet man to go after Trump. So it's funny, just for the last week I've been wondering, what the hell is up with John Brennan? Now, there's some news just breaking in the last 24 hours. And I'm still putting all of this together. But uh, there's there's a new book coming out. Let's see. Is that the one with the book? Because I've got a bunch of stuff open in front of me. There's a new book coming out by uh, Michael Isakoff, among others. He co-wrote it with somebody or other. Um, and Is it the Isakoff uh, David Korn book? Uh, yeah. That came out fairly recently. I think so. They've been yeah. making the rounds. We could probably get them on. Yeah, I got way too much open in front of me. Uh, but the long and short of it is, there is real reason to believe that Brennan, in association with the Obama administration, went way, way overboard in surveilling uh, the Trump campaign team. And that a couple of statements he's made under oath are now, according to really good testimony by other people, exposed as, uh, I'll be charitable, uh, not factual. And so there is real reason, and again, these, uh, for what it's worth, there are some pretty serious, well-known journalists like David Corn and Michael Isakoff um, who are saying what he said does not square with what everybody else is saying about the use of the Trump dossier, for instance. Um uh, Brennan said it played absolutely no role. And now you have multiple other intelligence people. Uh, let me flip to that. Oh, um, retired National Security Agency Director Michael Rogers stated in a classified letter to Congress that the Clinton campaign-funded memos did factor into the ICA. James Clapper, Director of National Intelligence under Obama, conceded in a recent CNN interview that the assessment was based on, quote, some of the substantive content of the dossier. Without elaborating, he maintained we were able to corroborate certain uh, allegations. These accounts are at odds with Brennan's 2017 testimony before the House Intelligence Committee, um, etc. So without getting into too much detail, because we don't have any time right now, um, and we have a great guest coming up, speaking of intelligence and counterintelligence, um, it's beginning to smell like 
people knew they went too far, got a little too enthusiastic about, uh, you know, Trump and company. Whether there was fire where they perceived smoke with the Russians, I'm going to let Bob Mueller figure that out because I don't know. But it would appear that, to torture the metaphor a little further, they saw that smoke and busted the windows and busted down the door to go in and fight the fire in a way that the Constitution doesn't uh, permit. Boy, and how much of that was um, uh, they didn't use their normal level of worrying about the Constitution because they thought, this joker's not going to be president of the United States. We just need to know what's going on with this ridiculous reality show campaign. Yes. And this is never going to matter. Uh, listen, I I am coming to believe that Brennan is a savage partisan hack. If I were going to be charitable, it could be they heard about the meeting with the Russian lawyer, babe, who was uh, Don Jr.'s uh, meeting, and she was clearly you know tied closely to the sure. Kremlin. Um, they heard about all that stuff, and and they Manafort. They knew of Manafort's connections to the Ukraine and Russia. And they make thought, you wonder, and and they make went you wonder, and they went overboard. Yeah, but I'm telling you, at the end of the Mueller rainbow, you might find a pot of violating the Constitution by the Obama administration. God, it could be damned interesting. Yeah, who knows? And I just heard that Mueller and company have said we have dozens and dozens of witnesses still to interview. What if Trump people did stuff they shouldn't do and they violated the Constitution figuring it out? I think then that's entirely you? possible. Yeah. You got a whole bunch of bad things happened. Yeah. Uh, one thing I've learned through all this, hearing the FBI texts and everything like that, th- these people at the highest levels are way more partisan than I ever thought. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> 